the revamped podcast hosted by Lindsay Hepner. Rebuilding the digital entrepreneur. What's up, Lindsay? What's up, Chris? Welcome to the revamped podcast. What an exciting time <laughs> to revamp yourself and rebuild your digital brand. Um, how did we get here? Um, well, I don't know how you got here. <laughs> That's for sure. But, but um, how I got here, mm -hmm. yes. Um, these amazing people behind the camera yeah. asked me to do this. And I was obviously honored because of the fact that I think it's really important to always educate yourself and learn and learn from other people's mistakes and all that stuff. So we built a podcast around revamping your business and pivoting and rebuilding. And we're just excited to share so much knowledge from people that are going to be guests on our show. And yeah, I'm lots of takeaways, a lot of takeaways, which I truly love. And I've learned through so many other podcasts that those are the one, those are the things that are really important to me, like with business and everything mm -hmm. is everyone else's you know, knowledge of how they became who they became. So yeah, super important. And zero fun or some fun? I think there's going to be a little fun. Yeah. Obviously I'm a fun, fun person. Says if anyone yourself. and everyone else <laughs> that knows me knows I'm really fun, but I'm also too very passionate, which comes off very serious. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Super stern. I'm only stern to you. Actually, everyone else knows I'm a really nice what person. What a dynamic this could be. Well, <laughs> I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Um, I was I was forced to be doing this with you, but uh, an amazing entrepreneur in your own right, and um, can't wait to bring the show to the rest of the world. Me too. I I can't wait. Okay, Vanessa, it's so good to hear from you. And I know that the last time we talked, we were actually on a live doing a fitness workout, which was great. And we had such complications, but thankfully we have a great team <laughs> helping us out through this process. So girl, I'm seeing on Instagram, you're engaged. Yes. Yes, girl. You guys have been dating for a while now, haven't you? It's going to be two years in December. So I'm really bad at math. So like a year and something. It's going to be two years. Very, very, yeah. We can say two years. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel like even too with a lot of these dating situations, I always add the like part where you're not dating in to the, the whole relationship. Oh, ad. same. Yeah. It's like that's for sure part of the relationship. So, so he messaged me on Instagram. He messaged me on Instagram, which I think is like the greatest dating app because A, it's free. B, a lot of people have Instagram. So you get to see people's stories or what they want people to believe is their story. Because I dated a lot of guys where who I look at their social media platform and what they post on social media. And I'm like, that has what you're posting online is not the same as what your life is in real life, you know? And I agree. so when he had messaged me on Instagram, I looked at his. I looked at his profile, I'm like, oh my God, he's so close to his family. He has so many pictures with his nieces and nephews. It was the cutest thing ever. But then I was like, what if it's all fake? What if he's like posting that? Cause like he knows girls love babies. It's all real. I agree with you. I think that even too with my platform, you know, there's obviously 
certain ways that people can probably look at what they think they know about me. And there's also a different aspect of me, like on IG story where I show more of my intellectual, you know, side of me. So I, I think that there is a hesitant type of dating on social media because you can, you can market yourself in a certain way and make yourself be perceived any way you want. And it might not be the real you, Um, and it is kind of hard sometimes to really see what people perceive who you are, um, and how you want to be perceived. You know, I I think a lot of people have that struggle on social media and with you, I mean, you are such good, you're such a good person at, at posting because you are very transparent about who you are. You know, I, I feel like I get so excited to see your posts because you are so vibrant and such Aww. a beautiful human and you're always trying to do better for everyone. And I love that about you. And even to when we first met in Bali, um, that is what exuded the most is that you are just here to spread love, spread friendship. And I, I think that's such a great thing to have as like a characteristic that exudes off a person right away. I love you. You're so sweet. I don't think I ever told you this story. So Taylor and I, so Taylor from The Bachelor as well, um, and I had said in September two years ago, like, oh, it'd be so cool if we can get to go to Bali. Random thought, right? Like, oh, we should go to Bali. We should go to Bali. And I was like, well, how are we going to plan a trip to Bali? <laughs> I've never traveled that far. A week later, I get an email from you asking <laughs> if we want to go to Bali. I was like, how it everything just aligned and when i met you because i never met you in person i met you when we all landed in bali you yeah i mean from la i was coming in from Montreal. and when we all met i was like wow you guys are such an amazing vibing group of women Aww. and especially like you you're stunning like you're you're just like you're so beautiful and it's so rare to be that beautiful and that kind oh you know it's, you, it's not it's a rare combination. And you're just like, you're such a girl's girl. Like you really, you know, people say like, yeah, women supporting women, like you really actually do support other women. And it's and you do it so genuinely. And like, you just have like, you don't have a bad bone in you. And I just like, I love being in your energy. So I'm I'm so happy to be on this podcast. Oh, thanks, Vanessa. I appreciate that. I just got chills from you saying that. And I really appreciate that. (laughs) I think it is really important since you did just touch on that about women supporting women, I think it's really important, especially during this time or any time um, when it comes to business, there's a lot of ways that we can attack each other and, 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 and not be a good voice for each other. And this is just not the time, you know, we need to really, really see how we can come together and how to support each other's businesses. And there is so much room at the top, you know, I think that's the problem with a lot of, um, ways we have been groomed to think that, oh, you know, even in our relationships, you know, like, and, you know, to touch on the fact of how The Bachelor is set up, where there's one guy and there's 20 plus women all going after the same thing. And that doesn't need to be the way it needs to be in business with each other. You know, we all can go after the same thing, but also uplift each other and be there for each other and, and, really learn how to be proud of someone else's accomplishments and not, you know, 
tear them down because they're doing well. And I've had to really struggle with that for a really long time in my own career of putting blinders on and being very Michael Phelps and not thinking that I have to look at anyone else's lane to get where I need to get, you know, and I'm very, very picky and choosy on who I let in my circle. And it's only because that that energy really does affect everything. And like you were saying, like, you know, being around you and seeing you, Vanessa, and wanting to talk to you is because of your energy vibrates so high at a high level that I want to be around that. You know, because that's the type of people I want to be around. And so that has to do with my business, everything. And I'm sure that's how you feel in your business as well, is you want to be around high vibrated people. Yeah, I think you brought up a, a really you brought up a really good point. Like we were groomed from a very young age. Like I remember in elementary school, it's like I actually I was just having this talk with my friend. She was in high school and they had like seven groups. So like group one would be like you're really smart in math. And then if you're in group seven, that means you're not really that great in math. And every subject, you were grouped in a different group, group one to seven. And I'm like, wow, like as a young girl, you start thinking, oh, my God, I need to be at the top. I need to be in group one because if I'm in group seven, then I'm going to be looked down upon, you know? And what I had to do along the way, you know, like coming off of The Bachelor, like, yeah, you get a ton of followers, you get deals. And it's like everyone kind of competes for like the followers, right? You want to get more followers because you get better deals. And at, at one point, I just like, I wanted to disassociate myself from all of that. Mm-hmm. I went through like stages of depression. I was in a really, really terrible place. Like I look back to the girl that came off of the show. I was the most insecure I've ever been. I was, um, I felt like an outsider. I just didn't feel like I belonged. I, I lost my sense of identity. And so I had to realize and tell myself in this new business that I ventured into, there's room for everyone. You know, not exactly, even only yeah. at the top. Like there is room for everyone. Every business, there's room for different types of businesses that all kind of sell the same product. So that's what I had to like tell myself. Like, yes, if someone else is doing better, that's great. Like there's room for that person to do good. And there's still room for me to like increase my potential in other areas as well. To touch on that, you know, I feel like a lot of people are just so fearful that there is no room, you know, that there's only one seat at the board. And we've shown time and time again that there is so much room, especially for women. And in the last few years, even more so, we have really shown that we can be at the level of men and and more than, you know, the last few years, but I think more and more it's gradually been eye-opening to men that like, wow, you know, actually a woman entrepreneur that is in a position of being a leader can probably do it better than a man, you know, and, and only because that we have this nurturing side to us. And also we have a business side and we can be empathetic to a lot of different people. And that's really important when it comes to business. Um, and you know, you touching on the bachelor and coming off and, and being insecure and, and seeing all these things that shed from you that you obviously did have when you were, before you came on the show. I mean, what, what real pressures did you feel when you were on camera? You know, I, I mean, you had a camera probably in your face every day and that was really the full focus. What were the pressures that you were feeling that suddenly started deteriorating those, that confidence and everything in you? We all come with insecurities, right? As much as we try to, you know, put up this front that like, oh no, I don't, I'm not, there's nothing I'm insecure about. Oh my God, there's a list of things that I'm insecure about. And you add that to a show that's competitive uh, and, you know, kind of you're pinned against other women. 
Um, and you're, it is sick to think that I was on a show that was competing for a guy. Yep. Like yeah. it, I look back and I'm like, how did I get through that? And I think it was, it was, it was traumatizing for me. So there's a lot of areas that had, you know, a lot of memories that I've blocked out, um, because I just needed to, in order to, to, to move ahead. Um, so I think like, you know, coming into a show like the bachelor, if you have one or two, like pretty significant insecurities, they're blown out of proportion while you're filming. Cause you don't have your social support system. I am so close to my mom. I'm so close to my sister. So close to my family. I would call them to pick what color underwear I should buy when I'm at the store. So let alone being on a show like a bachelor, having to figure out, should I get engaged to this guy or not? I didn't have the luxury of calling my mom and my sister to say, what do you guys think I should do? So you're relying on yourself, really, you know, and and trying to figure out what your mind and your body is telling you. Like, I'm someone that is when something happens to me, if I'm uncomfortable, you'll, I'll feel it right away, either in my stomach, I'll get migraines, like I'll physically feel the fact that I'm not, I'm not feeling safe. And so I was very lucky because the show offered therapy. And that was the first time I was introduced to therapy. Really? I come from, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even know that traditional Italian family. So therapy is talk to your mom, talk to your sister, argue about it, figure it out, and you're done, you know? I was the only person, I am the only person still that goes to therapy in my family, and it was so eye-opening to figure, understand the why. Like, I'm someone that needs to understand the why of life. Like, why am I feeling like this? Or why do I feel this way towards that person? Or why am I reacting this way? Why am I being triggered? Where are these triggers coming from? And once you understand that, then you can go through life understanding okay, this, I'm feeling like this. And instead of reacting to it, let me try to cope with it and, um, and deal with the, the anxiety that I'm feeling. Vanessa, um, what, what is, um, I mean, just so for the listeners and, you know, obviously you're such a, a muse to, to look at and inspiration. What were some of the insecurities, insecurities that kind of pulled out from you on the show? Um, obviously we all have insecurities. Um, but I mean, yeah. this show is based around, building off of those because of the fact that that's good TV, right? So what humanized you over, over the course of that three months or, um, I think it's three months, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It's it's about three months. If you're till the end is three months. Yeah. So a lot of people that are not not listening, Um, um, Vanessa was on, you know, the bachelor for three months. She doesn't have a phone. She's not able to connect with anyone, you know, that actually would able to, you know, talk her through what's going on. So you kind of had to, you know, build this own persona for yourself there and be your own support system. Because obviously during this time, you're, you're competing against so many other people. And we all know this, like even on Instagram and social media, I mean, it's really, really hard to compete against people that you don't even know. So I can't even imagine how it would feel to be in a house with that many women and have those type of energies constantly on you and having to be brave every day, especially the fact that they're filming your initial feelings all day long. So I can only imagine the energy that you were taking on every single day and the insecurities that were being extrovert, even more, you know, projected out mm-hmm. into the world. 
In terms of insecurities, I mean, I, uh, and this is something that I'm working on right now in therapies. I, my parents got divorced when I was 18 and I was the happy go lucky girl. Like nothing ever bothered me. Cause I was like, Oh, life, life is great. Rainbows and butterflies everywhere until my world was shattered when I found out my parents got divorced. And that's when that was the first time I felt, um, like a feeling of uh, not being safe, you know, mm-hmm. and that carried that feeling of not being safe and being fearful of something like that, something earth shattering like that happening to me again, progress until into, into every relationship that I had, every romantic relationship that I had. So that was like a buildup of like 10 years. I was 18. I was 29 when I was on the show. And so like, I knew that I had trust issues. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going on the show where I know he has to date other women. So I had to, I had to talk to myself a lot. I journaled, I spoke to the therapist um, and there's still, you know, times where I look back and I'm proud. I'm proud of the woman that I was on the show. Cause I, I really had to um, be there for myself. You know, um, I was so not trusting was one of them, like not trusting that if does he really like me, if he says, he, you know, like questioning that, yeah. uh, does he, is, if he picks me, did he pick, why did he pick me? Like, I need to know, like, I need to feel validated. Um, and you know, then there's the biggest thing for me was the trust. And that's something that was really hard. If you have trust issues going into the bachelor and then you end up with the lead of the show, <laughs> there's oh my gosh, a lot yeah. you need to work on. Cause yeah. I mean, I bet. There's a lot of things that happen while you're filming where you have to be okay with. And now that I'm removed for four years removed from it, I look back and I'm like, wow, I didn't have that wisdom. I didn't have that knowledge when I got off of the show. And if I can go back and tell myself like, it's going to be okay, things will work out and, you know, um, trust your gut. I think I would have been in a, in, in a healthier state of mind, but I was so consumed by, um, the energy that was going on around me in on and off the show, especially when you come off of the show, you, there's like the whole world who's judging you Yeah, and I'm so sensitive. So I I, at one point I, I didn't understand what were my energies and what were the other, other, other energies that people were, you know, I, I can't even me. imagine what you must've been feeling knowing that all of this was going to be highlighted the way that the show was going to highlight you. And also too, I I don't even think you give yourself enough credit that you went through all of that. And that takes so much strength in a person to actually come off a show like that and still be standing, you know, and you, you knew your levels of what you could handle and what you couldn't. And, and someone who's been through depression, we talked about this on our last episode, but someone who's been through depression, I know that you can get really deep into it and feel like you're in a deep, deep hole that you can't get out of. And a lot of times you do need that support system around you that can heavily show you like how amazing you are as a human, you know? And, and sometimes there's a lot of things that can band-aid that, but I think what's really important is to have that support system around you that can you know, pull you out of that. And something like this, this type of show, I feel like, I mean, in, in the way that you went about this show, like what was your true reasoning about going on there? Was, was that because you wanted to find love or was it because, you know, you saw an opportunity for, you know, um, I I've noticed a lot of people when, once they get off the show, you know, social media is a very big drive for them. You know, it was, what was your, your reasoning 
mainly to get on the show? Um, I wanted nothing to do with the show. So my best friend who was after my season, I think she kind of stopped watching it, but she was a huge (laughs) fan of the show. And, uh, she kept saying I was single. I was dating someone in Montreal for two years and that, uh, ended and it kind of, I went, it was a really hard breakup. Um, I was naive. I was 24 years old and I thought, Oh, this is the love of my life. And then I realized he didn't want kids. So I was like, Oh, you're not robbing me of motherhood. Like that's one thing I know I need to be lifetime. And she kept saying, you need to go on the show. So she applied. Um, I had no idea. She applied for you. I got around. She applied for me. Oh my gosh. She submitted my picture, my name. Um, and then I get a random call one day I was at work and I was in the lunchroom with the other teachers and I was like, what is this call? So it was a three one zero number. It's an LA number. So I, I, um, I missed it. So I, I listened to the voicemail and it said so-and-so from the bachelor. We want to know if you're still single. And I thought it was a joke. Anyway, I went along with it cause I just thought we were in LA at one point and, um, they were like, well, we see that you're in LA. Do you want to come to the offices? And I was like, Oh my God, Jen, I'm going to bring you to the bachelor <laughs> franchise headquarters oh my God. and I'm going to get you a t-shirt. And so I went cause I wanted to get her a t-shirt and have her meet some of the producers. I went in singing Oh Canada. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, let me just what do whatever. And they're not going to pick me. I'm just like a random girl from small town, St. Leonard and I'm a school teacher. And they ended up choosing me when they did. I spoke to my family and they're like, well, you know what? You never do anything for yourself. I was always a big people pleaser my whole life. My family's like, you never do anything for yourself. Just enjoy it. Like we had no idea what it was about because no one in my family watched it. So I, before going on the show, I already had so much anxiety. I couldn't even watch a season. Like I couldn't even do my homework oh, to figure out what the yeah. show was about. Yeah, All I, I did was either. pack my bags, I went, and I figured it out while I was there. But no, I didn't know. I had no idea that you can get a social media following from this. Because um, you hear of these things, right? But you're like, how can it be that people can gain followers from going on a TV show? And and also, too. And now I feel like. Yeah, I mean, also, too, like, just, just knowing that that was your way of getting on. I mean, you did it genuinely. And I, they probably saw that in you, that you weren't there for certain reasons. You were there to actually just enjoy life and be fun. And if they pick you, they pick you. Whereas I think a lot of people, you can tell that they're there for, you know, a different reason. And Mm -hmm. they probably don't want that. You know, they probably really do want to still at some aspect, you know, cater to the viewers that want to see love, you know, and, and finding love. And, um, do you think now that more than ever people are participating in, in the bachelor for those reasons, like social media and opportunities of business and, you know, building, building out their career after the show. I think people see the opportunities that come from going on a show like the bachelor or big brother or, you know, any reality TV show. Um, but you might, they might be going in. I don't know. Cause I've never really met anyone that like was like, yeah, I want to, you know, go yeah. on the show for this reason. But if they do have those intentions, I do feel like the minute you're there, it becomes so real. You Got know, uh, the minute you're in the house, the minute you're it just everything becomes that becomes your reality. And you had asked me this at the beginning of the episode. How was it having a camera in front of me at all times? You become you get used to it at the beginning. It was weird. 
Um, I remember like not even pronouncing words properly. I was pronouncing them in French and I was like, I sound so stupid, but I was so nervous. And then at one point it was like, you just shed that layer of awkwardness and it becomes a new reality. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you go downstairs, you get mic'd up and you start your day. Oh my gosh. So it's so funny you say that because, um, me and Robert, obviously, you know, Robert, but, um, we had done a filming for our show. We did like a what is it called? A pilot. And I forgot to take off my mic in the bathroom. And like, because like what you're saying, like you get so used to just not worrying about what is going on with the camera and everything. You just like, Oh, like, you know, you're just, you just act normal. And then you forget those things, you know? So it was funny. Cause he was like, um, just a reminder, we can hear you at all times. The sound was like, we can hear you at all times. And I was like, Oh God. But, um, no, I, I can only imagine after three months, you, you guys just must be doing everything, like just acting like there's no one there. So, and, and that us filming a pilot was like probably a couple of weeks. So three months being mm-hmm. with people, living with them. I mean, I'm sure you're just yeah. doing whatever and they're and it, loving it because they're filming everything. Yeah. And the contestants become your friends. Like Taylor is my one of my closest friends and she and I, uh, shared the same limousine. When we went to the, um, the first night of the limo night one, we shared the same bunk bed because they put us in the same bunk bed. And, um, you know, we share the same man who ended up becoming my ex fiance (laughs) or my fiance at the time. So there was such a beautiful, there are so many different friendships that come out of there, not only from my season, but from other seasons as well. So it's, it's such a weird, it's a weird thing because I don't like I feel like in real life, if you're dating someone, let's say you and I were dating, then we break up um, and then we wouldn't be breaking up. Probably, Vanessa. Let's be real. We would. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we would definitely never be breaking up. But let's say hypothetically we did. Your friends would probably not so be as close to me. Yeah anymore because they're your friends. But in the Bachelor franchise, like everyone, it's just so everyone is friends with everyone. And then it's like, there are no boundaries, really. It's like the, the lines are blurred. Um, because we're, it's, it's just like a weird, like, thing. So I mean, friends with everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed that you guys all like kind of um, have your own little like community. And obviously, I've been around so many bachelor people um, in in the course of four years, or actually more than four mm-hmm. years. But what I mean, since I didn't, I, I don't technically watch The Bachelor and I'm, because I feel like it's so weird for me because I know all of you guys. So I'm like, I just want to know them as people. I don't want to know them yeah. as famous people, I guess you could say, you yeah. know, and, and that relationship changes when you kind of look at, you idolize someone in that way versus yeah. um, idolizing them, them for who they are, you know? And so I really, truly haven't watched anything. Cause I really enjoy just you guys as you are, you know? So, and yeah. with that, I mean, your, um, your episode of the bachelor, what did happen? Cause you, you were engaged at one point and what, what happened with you and Nick? So we got engaged, um, in November of 2016 and then the show airs starts airing in January. So we're hiding our relationship until March. So be till they do the finale. And we broke up, um, in August, 2017, we just, 
we're so different. Now we're friends. I actually did an episode on his podcast um, not long ago. That's coming out recent, like soon. We're friends, friendly now. Yeah. Um, but we hadn't, I hadn't spoken to Nick in like, since we broke up. And so I hadn't spoken to Nick since August, 2017. And then recently he reached out to me and like, we kind of just were like, it's water under the bridge. Like we're friends. Like we had such a crazy history together and it's nice to just put an end to that chapter of my life, you know, but we were just ultimately, and if you listen to that episode, just very different people. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever met him, um, but people who, who know both of us are like, yeah, you guys are not, <laughs> it's, I not it's not, it's not a match. Yeah. I don't know him personally. Obviously I've seen him around a lot, but I mean, I have a really close relationship with you and I'm like, how, how do you not marry this person? Right. But also <laughs> too, um, you know, what are you, you know, looking at the show and seeing the audience get so involved. I mean, my mom always talks about it and everything and, and how much she's involved with people on the bachelor. Like, how does that, Oh my God, I love it. Oh my gosh. My mom's obsessed. And, um, you know, seeing the emotion that people have because they're watching you display your entire relationship in front of everyone. And you obviously as humans, you know, gravitate towards people and their emotions and their feelings and you feel sorry for them or you feel happy for them. So when you came off the show and having to come into reality with that relationship, I mean, how much of a pressure was that, you know, staying committed to that because of the audience, you know, um, is that, Mm. was that a big pressure or no, it wasn't. We, um, you know, as much as we were different, we were alike in the sense that we really tried for the sake of the relationship, regardless of the outside noise, we tried for the sake of the relationship and we did couples therapy and um, we just wanted to be happy. And at one point we're like, we're really not making each other happy. And there was no, we were, I think there's a, there's so many misconceptions. Like we don't get paid. The lead gets paid, but contestants don't get paid for the show. I'm not under contract. I wasn't, I didn't need to stay with him for a year a or whatever. Yeah. You know, there was no contract. The only contract was I wasn't allowed saying that I was engaged to him until the day that it was announced on the show. But other than that, it's like if we needed to break up before that episode, we could have. Like, you know, um, so we didn't really feel. Pr- I mean, I felt pressure in the sense that even till till today, and I don't like using the word pressure. I feel like my audience they're a part of my life. So when, uh, when uh, Nick and I broke up, I wanted to make sure that they were aware of it, you know, like, yeah. of course they need to be aware of it. Cause I, you know, people were going to start asking questions, but even when Josh and I got engaged, I'm like, I want to tell my followers, I want them to know about this like new chapter in my life and take them along this journey. And it's, uh, it's wild to think that there's so many people that I've never met personally that know me so well. Like last night I did a live and I asked them a question about Josh and they knew the answer. And I was like, how do you guys know this random answer about Josh? And they're like, Oh, you spoke about this last week. And I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So they're, it's they're a diehards. beautiful thing. They're yeah. diehards. And, and also, it's, also it's too, a beautiful thing. Also too, with that though, comes like the pendulum, right? Where, okay. Your fans are so obsessed. They know everything about you. But then it's also too, like, they know so much about you that do they try to, you know, puppet how you're going to live your life and how you're going to be and what you're going to do. And 
you know, are they also being instrumental in that way where you don't get to decide everything? They get to decide kind of who you are as well. At the beginning, when I came off of the show, yes, because you didn't watch the show. But anyone that is watching this, that watched my season, or I should say Nick's season, Nick's season of The Bachelor, um, there, you're, you, there's a one-dimensional personality for everyone, right? Yeah. So I was like the goody-two-shoe Canadian, boring, no personality. Like I'm like, wow, that's like uh, 0.5% of who I am as a human being. Um, so when I came off of the show, I was like, well, now do I have to up- keep this image that the show portrayed of me, like the goody two shoe Canadian, which of course I am, but I'm also so, so much many more. other things. So much more. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning, and it's what I said at the, be- at the beginning of the episode where I felt like I had an identity crisis because I didn't really know who I was coming off of the show. I was the girl from The Bachelor. And then I was the girl that... I was engaged to Nick, so I was Nick's fiance. So I was wearing all these different titles, and you know, it was it was hard to. Um, social media is just a beast. It's it's yeah. hard, and I, I'm sure you can relate to that. It's oh, just yeah. hard to at, at, at any level of of fame or success or relevancy. It's hard just because of the fact that you are you are on a platform that gives people an idea to think that they can say and do whatever they want behind their bot, behind their trolling, behind their, you know, you know, yes. freedom of speech. And I think a lot of times they forget that you're actually a human. You're a living, breathing human. You have mm-hmm. emotions. You feel all day long. And when you attack someone just because you think that your opinion is important it also can hurt that person regardless of how high you think their pedestal is. And, um, you know, with you wearing all these hats, Vanessa, from, you know, coming onto the show to getting off the show, being, you know, Nick's, you know, our, you know, fiance and everything, like how did you revamp your, you know, structure of being you, you know, being Vanessa and standing alone and, and not having to, you know, have all these things attached to you, but just recreating and rebuilding your yourself. It took a while. It took a while for me to get back to who the old Vanessa was. And I would say like only up until recently, I'm back to being the Vanessa I was pre-bachelor. Lighthearted and like, you know, less anxious. Um, I needed to sit with myself. I needed to really work on I actually wrote down in my journal, what are the things that make me happy? Like, it's so, like, it sounds so (laughs) stupid to say, like, how do I not know what makes me happy? But when you're going through stages of depression, and I'm not saying that I was depressed, I, I had stages of like extreme lows, things that used to make me happy didn't make me happy anymore. And that's when I knew like, okay, I I know I'm, I know I'm going through something really, really tough. And I had to write down things that made me happy so I can get back to that place again, like hanging out with my family, doing volunteer work, um, doing acts of service is a really big thing for me. That's how I show my love for others. And so just doing little things like that got me back to being like who Vanessa was again, you know, by the way, Um, just touching on that acts of service, um, you know, saying, and, and that's your love language. Have you read that book? The, the five love languages? 
No, I haven't, but oh. I've done the quiz to see what my love languages are. Okay. It's such it's a good so book. If anyone has never read it, you need to read it. It's so good for relationships, for friends, just knowing mm-hmm. what the the top priorities of someone as a human um, that you care about, what they are, are, what they perceive as love, you know? For instance, you said acts of service is something you love to do, right, Vanessa? Like you love to give and... I do love to do that, but I don't like to receive acts of service as Got love. it. Okay. So the way I receive yeah. it is very different. Yeah. So for me, mine is like personal touch and quality time. Like, and, and affirmation is like the third, but I, I, I have to be touching someone. I, I, my mom is very much like that, but I have to be touching mm. someone to feel loved like at any level. So, um, and is that how you show your love too? Yes. So I definitely, that's something that's important to me to receive back like both ways. Yeah. My family's very big on acts of service and I feel like I'm a nurturer. So I love doing things for other people. Like, and I love giving gifts too. Like, it's so weird. I love showing my love through acts of service and gifting things to others, but I couldn't care less about a gift. Like I remember telling Josh, I don't even want a diamond for a ring. Just give me a band. Like I don't care about this stuff, you know, but if I were giving if I would be proposing to Josh, it'd be like a castle of diamonds because that's how I show my love. <laughs> yeah. But I don't receive it that way. So it is interesting. I do want to get, so what the book is called what? Five long love languages. It's amazing. It okay. like it, anyone who's like struggling with a, any kind of relationship, you know, whether it's business, whether it's love, whether it's friendship, it just kind of like puts you in a perspective of, understanding that other person like we communicate in Chinese and English a lot with you know how we feel about things and sometimes you know the way you communicate is not always verbal you know so it's such a good book Mm -hmm. just to realize that people you know I'm not a gift I, I am not good at gift giving I don't like gifts and but I know that if I know someone loves gifts and that's how they feel they will get love from me, I will get them a gift because I know that means more to them than maybe something like me where like I would only want quality time. Like if, if it was my birthday, I'd want quality time yeah. from you where you don't, are you not on your phone, nothing, you're just focusing on me versus someone who would love a, a ring like you said and that would mean more, more to them than anything. So I th- it, the book really just kind of demonstrates different situations and scenarios about how each person has a different love language. And I just think it's, it's such a beautiful book and um, you, should, you should read it. Mm-hmm. You know, even to the fact that you're getting married and, yeah. you know, you both probably have different love languages. So Yeah, and we, you know, what, the greatest thing about my relationship um, with Josh is that we're really great at communicating. So whether... We're, if we're happy or sad, like sometimes you just want to talk about things that make you upset, you know, like, oh, you piss me off when you do so-and-so. But it's also nice to hear like, thank you for <laughs> doing the dishes or thank yeah. you for, you know, like I, I remember once I was really anxious and I was just like off and he's like, I know what you need. And I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, you need some family time. Let's go to your sister's Aww. house. I'm like, oh my God. That's amazing. And he knows that will fill your love tank. Yes. And so I'm so grateful to be with someone that has worked on himself yeah. before getting into relationship. Even too, Vanessa, you know, it's so funny. My, I was just hanging out with my guy friend yesterday and he was actually saying if we all could 
just learn from our pets on relationships, we would all be in a really long lasting relationship because you think about your pet. It's always really excited to see you when you come home. It doesn't get mad at you for doing something wrong or whatever. It just shows you so much love and is happy and wants to just know that like, Hey, I see you, you know, I'm not distracted by anything else except you. He was like saying, he's like, that is the way to actually probably keep a long, long relationship. Like recognizing that that person, you care about that person, regardless of what they do, you know, and showing that kind of love always gets reciprocated if you just show that and you don't always have to be like, well, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. It's like, no, I love mm-hmm. you. You're a great person. And that affirmation always works in your favor. I, f- I feel like at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's such a great analogy. My, Thank yeah. You. I mean, even if you step outside to throw out the garbage, like your dog is excited for you to come back home in like five seconds. Exactly. Very sweet. And so, you know, Going, you know, a little bit out of your relationship and into this new thing that you're doing, which is the No Better You, um, tell us more about that and, and how you got to that, um, that place in your life where you felt like, you know what? Well, obviously, we, we know now from talking to you, you love helping people and you love bringing that out. And, and obviously, this business that you've built is such a great reflection of who you are. And I've even before you made this business, I mean, this is who I think of you, you know, someone who just exudes this loving, caring person. So I I wasn't surprised that you built a foundation of a business around that. And we were discussing last time on the podcast about, um, about how you can always do what you love, you know, and there's always a way to find that and and feel rewarded. And so tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, there's so many things that you said at the beginning of the podcast too, that relates to my feelings about my uh, nonprofit. You were saying how there's space for everyone, or sometimes you feel like people feel like there's only one uh, seat at the table. You know, I wanted, I've always wanted to start a foundation. I always want to help other people, but I'm like, oh, there's so many organizations that exist already. Like, what am I, how am I going to help? Or what impact can I have? We each can have, even if it's like the smallest gesture to you is the biggest gesture to someone else. And so when I I came off of the show, um, and actually, I just want you to watch one episode of my season because it's the funniest (laughs) episode. Okay, well, for you, babe. It's with my students. So in on The Bachelor, there's an episode where the lead goes to, uh, I think, the final three or the final four, their hometown. So it's called a hometown date episode. And this is when the contestants get to be the lead and say, well, this is what I want to do on this day with my family or my friends or whatever. So the producers asked me what I want to do. And I said, well, I really wanted to meet my students because they're, they're my life, you know. And so he came to my school at Galileo. And the producers had put together these pictures that we, they printed pictures of our first group date. Our first group date was a wedding photo shoot. (laughs) My students are in special education and they're brilliant. They're funny. They're smart. They're compassionate. They're empathetic. Um, But if you show them one thing, that's the truth 
for them, right? Yeah, so yeah. they saw me in a wedding dress, and in their eye, in their head, they said, "Well, Miss Vanessa is married, so this is wonderful. We love Nick because she's now married to him." Aww. Fast forward a month later, the show airs, and he's kissing other women on night one, <laughs> oh, and they're geez. so confused. Yeah. They're like, "Well, he was just here, <laughs> and you were in a wedding dress." So. They loved being on TV, um, and I got so many messages from parents and teachers and students um, the day that sh- that episode aired, just you know, thanking me for bringing awareness to that community. And ever since I was a little girl, my dad used to pull me away from the TV. I used to watch World Vision infomercials every day and cry and cry and cry and just want to adopt every child possible. Like that is my ultimate goal I just want to like have a compound and like bring in all the kids and you can do that um, you know and so I know can the do that. sky is the limit yes and so when I got off the show when I got off the show I um I uh wanted to use my platform for good and I started this uh nonprofit, no better you and the name came about while having a conversation with my students and them asking me like how do I deal with all the at that point, there was a lot of people saying negative things because whenever you're, whenever you're the winner of the show, whenever you're picked, um, people don't pity you, pity you because you were chosen. They yep. pity the runner-up. Yep. So for me, it was like, ah, oh, you're you're a loser. You're nothing. You're blah blah blah. And I was like, oh my god, my students were reading all this and they're asking me how I dealt with the negativity. And I'm like, you know what? There can be so many people saying. So many things about you, but at the end of the day, you know who you are and you, you don't change who you are because someone is saying something about you. There's no better version of you. And I was like, that's a great name for a, funda- for a foundation. And that's how it started. And it's a great name. And also, too, I think that, you know, it's so important to always stay true to yourself. You know, you have to live with yourself every day. And and those real feelings inside that intuition of like you not being authentic and you not being who you really are is going to eat at you. For as long as you live, if yeah. you let yourself not authenticize. And um, I feel like that's really important, especially in the type of business that you are in, because these these kids are looking up to you and they want to feel that they can trust mm-hmm. you. And you being authentic and having integrity and having that based around your business is what makes them support it, you know, and and what makes other people want to support it. And going back to what you were saying, how you had this fear of you know, oh my gosh, like everyone, like there's so many people that have an organization and is there going to be space for me? And there's so many people in the world, you know, and there's so many people that want to see people really strive and thrive. And obviously you have a huge following and no matter if there's a hundred thousand, a million organizations, the thing is it, it, the one that you are creating is you, you know, and you believing in yourself is what makes that organization thrive, you know, and regardless of how many there are. And the fact that it's built off of someone who wants to see good in the world and who wants to help others, it doesn't matter. I I think, you know, I was, I was talking to the team this morning, success is at different levels for everyone. You know, most people think that when you hear the word success, it means, okay, I have to have this. I have to have this house and a white picket fence and Mm -hmm. I have to have four kids and I have to be married and all that stuff. Your success doesn't have to be anything except for your own. And you just building a business is successful in itself because so many fear 
the actual move to even go and get an LLC and go and get a business and go and put themselves out there to even say, I have my own business. So you are already successful in so many ways, regardless of how many people are following you, how many people are supporting it. It's the fact that you successfully made something happen and you went past your own fear of thinking that there was too many out there. And I want to add to that because I think a lot of us, I mean, I can't even imagine being 15 year old right now on social media. I'm so happy I didn't have social media when I was 15. Oh my God, me too. (laughs) Regardless if you're 15, regardless if you're 30 or 50 or 60 or 100 and listening to this and, and, and you're, you know, a little bit confused with where you are in life, look at who your reference points are. You know, if my reference points are people that I might look up to, and I admire, but I know I don't want to be like a Kim Kardashian. I'm not saying Kim Kardashian is my reference point, but I think if <laughs> let's say Kim Kardashian is your reference point, there's certain things that she did to get there that, yeah. you know, might not align with Who how you, you yeah. want to um, have your life or whatever. So I think social media is a great way to find motivation, but it's also uh, a terrible way for us to have unrealistic reference reference points. For sure. And and that's the thing, too, is like we are constantly being bombarded by different references online of what we think success is. And oh, my gosh, this girl is killing it at everything. And, you know, and and you know what? Maybe they are. But also, too, like there's a lot of people out there that are putting in the work, you know, and a lot of people don't want to put in the work to get where they want to be, you know. Um, Yeah. And. And obviously you are, you've been putting in the work. I see you, you know, I I follow you so much and I'm so supportive of what you're doing because I I see that businesses thrive through even during this time when you're being true to yourself, you know, when you're following your path and when you're being a light in a lot of darkness and that will always win. I, I, I really truly believe that will always win at the end of the day is being, being a good person. Yeah. If, if you're being, and if you're doing it, you know, it has to be a, it has to be a passion. It's like any job. If you're, if your definition of being wealthy means money, then get the job that will get you the money. If your definition of being wealthy is happiness, then get the job that will bring you happiness. Exactly. I, I was a teacher before this, you know, so obviously money for me wasn't my end all be all my my happiness was helping others. So I went into a profession that, that helped others. Um, and that led me to having a nonprofit now that helps special education programs. And I had to revamp because my, um, my foundation, my foundation helps build sensory rooms in schools. And because of COVID, all the schools were shut down, all the, um, the camps are shut down. So I wanted to, I wanted to continue helping families that kids that were stuck at home and not, you know, not, um, in their usual routine. And so we created these sensory kits that we sent out to families in Montreal. And we started last week, um, donating them to families, just tears in everyone's oh, eyes. Like the, I'm like, it's, it's a box. Like for me, it's like, it's a box with like it, items in there that I know will help out these students. Yeah. But to the parents, it's like, it's one less worry for them. You oh know? yeah, it, for sure. So yeah, it just, it felt so good knowing that we were 
able to help out um, families in Montreal. And you learned you learned during this time how to pivot, which a lot of people don't know how to do. And and that is also too mm-hmm. so important in business because as a founder and as someone you know that's overseeing a lot of things, you have to learn to pivot at all times. You can't always think there's going to be smooth sailing. I mean, Blockbuster and Netflix was a perfect example. Like you can't always think that, you know, hey, everything's good now. I have all these, you know, customers and stuff. But yeah, tomorrow it could be taken from you immediately and someone can just fall right in line to where your position was. So just learning how to pivot and learning how to you know, create space for people that still need your efforts, you know, you did that. And and that's so amazing, Vanessa. And, and also too, um, I'm just so proud of you and, you. and really happy for you. And you yeah. sound like you're doing so well. I mean, you're, you know, you're killing it at life. You're getting, you have a fiance and, and yeah, it sounds wonderful. And my team has like put some stuff together. Uh, who's the hottest bachelor you think out of all, all seasons? Um, Season. And you can't I mean, lie. Like you can't lie. You can't lie. I won't lie. No, okay. I won't lie. I actually didn't know his name at the beginning because I wasn't watching the show up until recently. Tyler Cameron is very good looking. Oh, that's the one that wasn't Gigi like kind of hanging out with or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I don't. Ag- I don't agree with you, but yeah. And but- he seems very nice. So you know, if he wasn't nice, I probably would have picked someone else. But he seems nice. Okay. You and you would know the best because you were on the show, so you know what's kind of like real and what's not. Yeah. Out of a person. I heard he's very nice. Do you have any bachelor secrets? Like anything? Anything not that we can kind of real. know? Or any dirt? Um, Do you have any fun dirt? No, I've been so out of the franchise. I I'm the worst person to like gossip about the show. Any fun dirt? Um, let me see what I can tell you from Well, was there any dirt on your show? During the time? Not really. Oh. No. Come on, Vanessa. Give us something. Do you something. know any dirt? I don't know oh, what. Man. No. Should we get Taylor on this call? Oh, Taylor would probably just start. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Taylor would. Yeah. Taylor would probably know. I, I mean, maybe like the misconceptions. I think people um, think that they give us dresses. Like we have to bring our own dresses, our own makeup. We don't get our makeup done. We don't get our hair done. Um, we don't get paid. People lose their jobs um, because they have to take off work for like three months. So, yeah, I, I, I actually, like, I actually oh, no, heard that's that. Not really fun gossip. I, I heard that that um, I think I heard it from another contestant. She was we had a shoot with her, and she was saying that that three months she spent so much money on getting the perfect outfits for the whole show, and it was terrible. She was yeah. really upset about that. I went on like all these different weird websites that I've never really shopped on before, but they were like $10 dresses. So I was like, cha-ching, this is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be smart about it if you're going to do three months of not getting paid. Yeah. Um, also, would you rather the, would you rather questions? Um, would you rather lose, a bi- would you rather lose your ability to read or your ability to speak? Which is a weird question because 75% of our language is through the actions of our body, not through our voice. This is actually not a, a, it's not a hard one at all. My ability to read, I will lose my, I don't like reading. (laughs) Really? Read for me and then just tell me what you read. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm lazy. Um, Also too, a personal thing. I want to know what is your biggest fear that you had to overcome over um, 
starting your own business? Oh, failure. Uh, yeah. You know, a failure. And then like the criticism that will come, the judgment that will come with not, you know, raising enough money or not creating enough sensory rooms or not helping enough people, just failure in general. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy to think that like, that is the number one thing that keeps 99% of people actually probably higher than 99%, 99 point whatever percent of people from yeah. pursuing their ultimate dream life because they're afraid to yep. fail. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I... And at the end of the day, it's like, if you fail, you fail, you know? Like, you just... At least you tried. If you don't, if you don't try, then you'll never know. You'll never know if it's a 50-50. If you try, there's a 50% chance you'll fail and 50% chance you'll not fail. But also think... So might as well just take the risk. Also think about all those things when you look back at everything that you were really scared about doing. And when you look at it in hindsight, like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You know, like, I got through it, whatever. Yeah. And it's all a learning experience. And I always even tell like the people that are following me, like, you got to stop using that word because it has to be learning experiences. You're learning how to be better mm -hmm. at something that you don't know about. We all are learning throughout our whole life to be better at something. And we're not failing, we're learning. So I think that the stimulation of that word puts so much emphasis on nothing, you know? It's, it's something that just needs to be out of our vocabulary because we put too much, we give it too much power at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for taking the time oh. out of your day and spending it with us. Um, just really appreciate you as a human. And I hope everyone goes and follows Vanessa and what she's doing and all the stuff that she's doing out there for the world and, and being a better person and, um, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa. I have my team just like, you know, either hitting me or giving like, me a thumbs up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, just tell me. Um, we want to know where we can find you, like all your, you know, uh, know better you and everything where, how can we find that? You can follow me personally at Vanessa Grimaldi 330. And for my nonprofit, you can follow us at Know Better You or our website, www.knowbetteryou.org. We're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for donations. Right now, we're looking into helping out uh, another school in Montreal and one school in Toronto. But my ultimate goal is having different chapters and different provinces in Canada and eventually making my way to the States. So oh, amazing. The, well, the you're, bigger the team is, you're the welcome yeah, in the, the States. More people <laughs> you're welcome in the States. Uh, I, sure. I really want to come back. I really want to come back, especially to LA. I need some, I mean, we're going to probably have another like month of nice weather in Montreal and then it's going to go straight into fall oh. and then winter. So, oh, I can't imagine. It's probably brutal over there during that time. Not fun. No. <laughs> Well, thank you, babe. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, yeah, thanks, guys, for tuning in. It was so me, great. Vanessa. Thank so you. So nice connecting with you. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm Aww. so excited to listen to all your episodes. Thanks, babe. I appreciate <laughs> it. Love you. <laughs>